When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras, and now... Your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My7Chakras.com, the show where we provide you ancient wisdom, action stories, and transformational tips to transform your life. So if you are new over here, then I want to give you a warm, warm welcome. And before we dive into today's episode, as usual, let me read you out our iTunes review for the day by a user named Amy from the USA who writes, this channel speaks my language. I've studied and worked closely with the chakra system for over 20 years and was psyched to have found a channel that talks about so many interests that I share. I listen now for over a year and love what you're doing. Keep it up. Love and light. Amy Amethyst, Healing Arts. She's a, she's a Reiki master and teacher. Wow. What a wonderfully written iTunes review. Action Tribe, if you would like for me to read out your review as well, then make sure you take a moment or two and go to my7chakras.com forward slash review, my7chakras.com forward slash review, write your review and hit submit. All right. So our guest for today is a world-renowned hypnotherapist who works with some of Hollywood's best-known luminaries, titans of industry and politicians from across the country. She's a member of the prestigious UCLA Health Systems Board, the American Board of Hypnotherapy, the Association for Integrative Psychology and the International Hypnosis Federation. She's also a certified master hypnotist and a certified NLP trainer. And today she's going to talk to us about her new book, Subconscious power and we're going to discuss ways to activate the raw power of your subconscious to create the life that you action tribe you have always wanted so with that action tribe our guest for today is kimberly freed martyr kimberly <laughs> welcome and are you ready to inspire very ready i woke up ready <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot for joining us uh, today. And let's get started. Now, we always begin our show with some inspiration. So what is that one inspirational quote that you have for us? And how do you apply it in your day to day life? 
Oh gosh, I would say give yourself permission because no one else will. You know, we're always looking for permission from others and whether it's like real permission (laughs) or just kind of implied permission is -hmm. that give it to yourself because you're the one that matters. That would be my, that would be kind of what's at top of mind today. It's important to give yourself permission first. It's easy to forget, but it's important to, you know, give yourself permission for what you really want to do in life or what direction that you want to take. There's a real uh, release of kind of a heavy feeling. And I think that we get that, you know, growing up and learning to become, you know, kind of responsible to others and for others. And so, we forget oftentimes that there's that other part of us, which we'll get into later about the subconscious that really needs that permission from you. Got it. Got it. So Kimberly, let's start from the very beginning. You were born in San Antonio, Texas, right? So how was it like growing up there? Yes. So born in Lubbock and then raised in San Antonio. So Texas through and through. And, um, you know, it's nice. I mean, when you're kind of being raised, you don't really think about, you know, where you are, it's just where you are. (laughs) It's not where you really intended. It's where you necessarily probably just landed, I guess. But um, yeah. And then shortly after that, I moved around the world, various things, modeling and acting and whatnot. Then I ended up in Los Angeles for many, many years. And and from there, uh, Orange County, which is, you know, the South suburb of, uh, or area of Los Angeles. And then from there I went to Seattle Mm-hmm. And spent about five years there, and now I'm living in Las Vegas. With that, that's that's amazing. That's amazing. Now, I mean, you've to, you've sort of alluded to this. You were a model at one point, and then you made a switch uh, to sort of developing and hosting your own radio talk program uh, on KLSX Los Angeles. So, what made you make that switch? And after that, obviously, we'll go to where you are right now. <laughs> you know, from from modeling, it's you know, there's a natural progression through through the industry, typically, yeah. not always, but typically. And yeah. so I was really just following that. But instead of going the directorial route from acting to directing, mm-hmm. I went really from acting to writing because I love I love how comedy is constructed. I love how relationships are constructed. And the shift from how that happens in real life to how that happens on paper so that they can film it and then show it for real life is really interesting. I mean, mind science has always been very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I pretty much came in that way. My, my younger life experience really um, demanded that I pay attention to behaviors and moods and feelings of others and that it was really steeped in survival of my own accord. So Mm -hmm. it was really pertinent that I get that. And I did, and I got it fast. And so then when I felt safe, I felt like I could then start applying that to, you know, characters, right? So any psychotherapist will tell you the best way, you know, anyone who has an abused upbringing will, will all of a sudden put themselves into another position or another person and have this kind of fantasy. I used to carry Mm. uh, little pictures around of happy families in my wallet, you know, and I'd have, Oh, look, they're skiing and Oh, look, they're doing this. You know, those were my, my, um, you know, kind of family, which ultimately had a bigger purpose in my evolution because what you put your sights on, you can have. And so then I was able to move towards that happiness because just image after image after image and expectation mixed together created this reality that I live in today. Wonderful. So 
all of this happened before you actually discovered hypnotherapy, right? So intuitively, you were carrying these images in your wallet of uh, places that you wanted to be, as well as the t- kind of, you know, surroundings you wanted to have. You wanted to have a wonderful family, which is, right. which they is awesome. More, they were more mood uh, feelings, mm. I would say, than, than places per se. I know I mentioned skiing and whatnot, but it was more right. of a happy family mood, you know. And it's a, mm. it's a TV family, you know. It's a picture family, so there's yeah. no perfect balloons and the perfect clothes and I probably yeah. have pictures from the catalog and all that. But but yeah. what it really stood for was the mood and the happiness, the okayness and the and the safety of that and the, the survivability of that. And that's what I wanted. Because here's the thing, you don't need to be a hypnotist to be the master hypnotist of yourself. Because mm-hmm. if I had you write down like five top priorities for you, those yeah. would be your hypnotists. Those would be the things that have you entranced, have you mesmerized, have your attention, have your dollars, have your energy, have your time. Mm-hmm. All of those things would be your hypnotist. So some people are so steeped in their family life that that's literally what entrances them. That's where they want to be. So you can see that our mind runs with or without, you know, needing to be a hypnotist or, or knowing. What I love about the book is that it, it, allows you to understand your mechanics because these are your mechanics you can't buy them you can't sell them you can't you know get them you can't lose them you know, they're mm-hmm. your mechanics and so it's really neat to have a manual aside that you can you know really know how that works and what you're doing with yourself because it's your biggest right. greatest asset Got it. I love what you said there because you sort of said whether or not you're into hypnotherapy, you're always in some kind of trance. And that trance is dependent on what your priorities are, whether it's family or something else. And that's something that our listeners can definitely take away. What type of trance are you in right now, Action Tribe? Now, uh, Kimberly, how did you discover hypnotherapy? Like, where were you and and what were you doing? I had that radio talk show that you'd mentioned on 97.1 KLS. Yeah. That was in Los Angeles. And that was the home of Howard Stern. So he was known as, you know, he was our anchor uh, person, our anchor show. Yeah. And uh, brought a lot of attention, obviously, to the um, to the station. And then when he went on to do satellite radio, then I continued on with the show until finally I didn't. And so it was during that time that I was always involved in continuing education and during that time, I wanted to learn more about hypnosis because I yeah. hypnotized in the past for different things. And it worked so beautifully that I thought, I really want to know, you know, what's that machine? You know, what's, what's the crank behind? Like, why is this happening so easily? Sure. I've been involved mm-hmm. in all kinds of therapy, you know, throughout my life just by choice. And mm-hmm. so um, I thought it was neat because it seemed a lot less talking than normal cognitive behavioral therapy and psychotherapy. And I mm-hmm. love that aspect. I love the fact that my perspective shift shifted the reality that I would experience in the future. And after time and time and time again of doing that and seeing that that was what came to pass, I was mm-hmm. excited to get behind and kind of get on, in on that and see what it really, really was. At that point, I was sold. I thought, forget the show, forget all of this. This is wonderful, <laughs> but I've got to start a private practice now built on this. Got it, got it. So I'm curious. So you 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 decided to go all in on hypnotherapy. What were some of the shifts that you noticed initially, at least, um, uh, as a result of you know getting into hypnotherapy? I would say compassion uh, came about in this amazing way because I thought, you know. This is very interesting. It's a perspective shift that's occurring yeah. that makes these changes. And so it's not 
good person, bad person, good behavior, bad behavior, even addiction, all of these things. It's not that it's perspective shifting. And so it really, it softened my heart a lot. I remember feeling that that's a very good question because I hadn't, something no one has asked and I haven't thought of it myself in fact, but the, the shift was a softer one. Mm -hmm. I thought, this perspective in this person is what caused this behavior, which then ended up either good or bad, usually bad because if they're seeing me for, you know, whatever reason, it's generally because there's an issue. A lot of times mm. people come for enhanced performance, but even that they see as an issue, failure to launch or apathy to action. You know, I can't quite get this business kicked off because I can't throw my energy behind it. I don't know why. I feel like I'm sabotaging, you know, all those things that present as a problem. But really, it's just a perspective shift. So if anything, mm. it gave me a tremendous amount of hope for the human condition. <laughs> really, it's not anything, you know, really wrong with us. It's yeah. just that our perspective needs a shift. So then right. culminating into myself becoming this master is shifting perspective and perception for people and whatever it is that feels stuck in or, you know, physical limitation or a body physical issue, a sickness and illness, you know, something. Got it, got it. So there you go, Action Tribe. I mean, perspective shift is huge. I mean, thanks a lot for bringing that to our attention. This morning itself, I was watching uh, one of these cartoons that you sometimes find on newspapers or magazines. But in that, it was like two people sitting in the same bus. One was looking at the, so they were on a cliff. The One person was looking at the cliff and was sort of sad and down. The other person was looking at the other side, which is the valley, the beautiful green and lush valley. And they were in the same position almost, but their perspectives were different, uh, which is what you brought into light right now. Thanks a lot for that. So what inspired you to write your amazing book, Subconscious Power? Use your inner mind to create the life that you've always wanted. What inspired you to write it? So this book did not exist, even in my thoughts, mm-hmm. until... This wonderful woman from HarperCollins reached out and she asked me if I would be open to writing a book for them. Mm-hmm. And so I was in her office in, I think, two days. I, I believe I was in New York when I got the information. And then I flew to San Fran to meet with her. And she was so lovely. And I said, absolutely, I would. And so we started putting the pieces together and, you know, what should it look like and feel like. And about the time, you know, you need a team, you need the agent, and you need all of these, you know, practical things that are just real life situations. And so by getting all of that together and delivering the proposal to her, that took about a year. Um, My intention in writing the book was not to give someone one more thing to do because I have a whole library full of shelf help books. I follow them. (laughs) I I buy them and I think, oh, I feel better. I feel better. And then I put them on the shelf, you know, and and that's just the truth of it. But I did not want to, I guess, burden or lay on, you know, any more fitness to anyone's situation, especially, you know, busy mothers and people in business and just mm-hmm. everybody's busy. So uh, they assured me at the time that, you know, that would not be the case and that it would be giving people, you know, a thousand less things to do once they connected to their subconscious. And that's how I live my life. I feel very free because I'm able to utilize this other mechanism, which we'll get into more detail later. But anyway, so to answer your question, so by the time I went to hand in the proposal, which is a, a serious document. It's like 80 to a hundred pages and you kind of write the book and then you kind of deconstruct the book in order to hand in the proposal. So that you have all the chapter outlines and sample chapters and all the things they require. The lady left like literally the day that we handed mm. in the proposal 
And so that was okay because the agent said, you know, listen, let's just put it out on the market and see what we really have. Sure. And the truth, we had something very special because we were able to get quite a few bids coming in. And the one we chose and went with was Simon & Schuster. And it's the Atria imprint at Simon & Schuster. And they are the ones that produced The Secret or published The Secret. And so we all know how that went, right? <laughs> that was a very good book and philosophy and all of those things. And since then, yeah, I've become friendly with Michael Beckwith. And he actually married my husband and I. And um, a lot of really special people that came from that. But anyway, so the, the idea was that this is mind science. Because if you look at the secret, I know everybody has their feelings, you know, now. And they have their criticisms and all that. And that's fine. That's what, you know, that's what we're meant to do. We're meant to take things, learn from them, and then to progress. Yeah. And so when you emit an energetic impulse out into the ethers, universe, whatever you want to call it. God, spirit, soul, whatever you call it, it doesn't matter. It's yours. It's yours to do it. Whenever you emit that, it's coming from your subconscious dreams and desires. That's where everything comes from. So it's almost like taking, didn't Star Wars do that where they like, they put out some films and then they backtracked it before. Yep. It's yep. like, yeah, we're backtracking to where that really comes from, but we're putting it in mind science as opposed to, you know, running through the caverns with the torches. So it's, it's really fascinating because in this time and day and age of taking control and taking responsibility and accountability for ourselves, our thoughts, our actions, this is the ultimate version of that. Because what you're thinking is who you are. What you're thinking is how you look. What you're mm. thinking is your relationship with others. What you're thinking is how you develop and how you treat yourself, how you evolve, and then ultimately how you transition on. So you can see how important what you're thinking is, you know, right. <laughs> run everything, runs your immune system, runs your cellular division, runs everything divine and physical and science about you. Got it. Got it. Well, thanks a lot for sharing Action Tribe. I hope you're listening or maybe taking down notes as well. We're learning that when you um, send out an energetic impulse into the universe, uh, what is actually being communicated is the desire from your subconscious mind. So think about the implications of, of that. Uh, I mean, just connecting to that, Kimberly, talk to us about our subconscious mind and how it runs our daily life and how much of the control is really within our conscious mind. If you so break down a bit. we're double-minded. We have the conscious mind and we have the subconscious mind. The conscious okay. mind is your task keeper, your calendar keeper, your day-to-day, -day, what you have to do. And, you know, got to get to the soccer field by 4 p.m. Yeah. It's a very, very important part of, of the mind, obviously. Okay. Now, the subconscious mind just means sub, which is slightly underneath, an underneath layer of consciousness. And so that's where all the good stuff is. That's like, <laughs> that's all the touchy feeling, emotions, <laughs> memories, dreams, um, you know, in perspective, addictions, habits, sleeplessness or sleepfulness, um, how you feed your body, how your body runs, your cellular renewal, renewal your immune system, your, everything that's amazing about you. And mm -hmm. Even just basically your survival. So, for example, the, the original and most important prime directive of your subconscious is survival. So right. you, you can't, like, take your hands and you can't choke yourself. You know, it just won't happen. The reason it won't happen is not because you're not physically able. It won't happen because your subconscious won't allow it. <laughs> you know, you have to have, like, something. And same thing with the, I mean, it's a dark subject, but, like, you can't just jump in a pool and, you know, stay there. You have to have something. Right. Um, so, and that, that's the best 
example of how strong your survival impulse is. That body fights and it fights and it fights because of direction from the mind. Mm-hmm. Subconscious is also where our soul and spirit reside, we believe. That's mm-hmm. that thing that no neuroscientist and no neurosurgeon can go in and operate on it. You know, it's, it, it can't be found and it can't be worked on. And that's mm-hmm. the beauty of it. It eludes us. So that makes it part science, part art. And okay in your own art, art of yourself. So I liken the subconscious to an inner eight-year-old of yourself. So for example, if you think back, and this doesn't have to be chronologically eight, it could be six, it could be 11, it could be anywhere mm-hmm. around, but that feeling yeah. of eight, mm-hmm. I, I challenge everyone watching <laughs> to, to now pay attention. And most films you see and most things you hear, just chit-chat conversation, mm-hmm. people will mention when they're eight years old. And I want you to giggle and I want you to think of this moment that you heard this because it's going to, it's going to be funny for you because people like I'll be walking the dog and it's a German shepherd and people stop. Oh, I had that when I was eight or, Oh, my parents got divorced when they were eight. It doesn't matter again, what age you were. Everybody's supposed to kind of line everything and align it with eight. Why is that? So eight Mm. years old is a marker in time for most of us. And again, it's that metaphorical eight year old is that it's the time when we have the broadest sense of knowledge before we start to unlearn our greatness and start to become so PC. Now, becoming PC is very important because you can't bite your friend when they make you mad. (laughs) (laughs) And you can't hit your friend when they make you mad. And so it's the time that we start to learn that. But what happens is we overdo it. We take it into so much of us that all of a sudden, you know, if we know the answer, we don't necessarily want to, you know, I know it, I know it. I mean, let, let an eight-year-old call you out sometime on your stuff, and they will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you might think you're getting away with something, but if you have an eight-year-old in your world, they'll know that you don't. They're, they're so, you know, so uh, unafraid just to say what it is, what it is, what it is. And that's very cleansing and very healthy. So one of the chapters, I have six principles, and we can go through those later, but one of them is judge thy neighbor and, and thyself. And the reason I put that in there is our sense of judgment. You know, an eight-year-old knows when you walk in the room, are you good for me or are you not good for me? The eight-year-old knows how to leverage people and situations to their maximum benefit and their ecology. And that's survival. So when you have all of those elements together, that makes that eight-year-old a super special point in time. And again, it's, you know, can be anywhere in that range. And so the, the chapter in here is Tonkas and Tutus. And I, I put that because the, the physical manifestation of that tonka for boys and tutus for girls. And of course, it doesn't matter. It could be a horse. It could be a skateboard. And it's not gender specific that much. But what happens is it just rem- reminds you and connects you to that part of you that's lost. And when people have gone astray, and so many of us have, and I started using the tutus and tonkas as a, as a gift of action for birthday parties of, of a friend or anyone's having a party, I'll, you know, bring mm. tacos and tutus because it's fun. It reminds everybody and they cry and they laugh and they dance and <laughs> twirl and we throw glitter. And it's yep. this wonderful hearkening back to a time when you didn't think about really how you were being, but you were really being mm. yourself. Wow. That's, that's a wonderful explanation. I mean, it makes sense from the standpoint of the chakras as well, because uh, at the year eight, what would have happened is uh, you would have, you know, sort of developed all seven chakras. And at the same time, at this point, you don't have something consciously sort of holding you back. So like in your book, you point out, if you don't like a particular grandmother, you'll, you'll say it out loud and everyone will be like, Oh, you're not supposed to say that. 
but but the eight year old does not have anything holding it back, and and that's beautiful. So I mean, in that same thought, uh, for somebody who is twenty five or thirty five or even forty five, what are some obstacles that sort of prevent us from becoming who we truly want to become in various areas of our life? Maybe it's our relationships or our finances or maybe in our career. What is that? What are those factors that are preventing us from becoming who we truly want to become? Waking up. <laughs> Let's start with that. <laughs> Seriously, it's everything. Let me right. tell you something. Like, okay, if you imagine like kelp in the ocean, right? Yep, it's yep. like this, and the tide sways, and it just moves with it. Is that we right. learn early on that if we just move with it, it's easier. But is easier really better? Mm. Not necessarily. Moving with social media, where we, you know, we're divulging every private bit of our life, not ecological. Moving mm. with, you know, being okay with abuse because it's too hard to report it, not ecological. Moving with, you know, going with um, untruths, going with, you know, other kids and pure things that are, you know, addiction and whatnot, not ecological. Moving with it doesn't mean moving right. Mm. The eight-year-old knows morality knows and remember these are your own moral codes they're you know geographic they're chronological they're all the things that you know some things that go on in other places aren't okay in other places you know it's all it's all individual and yeah. you know, if you think a thought that thought begins to think yeah and we all know when those runaway thoughts you know get away with us i mean you can wake up and you know, for women, be putting on your mascara and for guys be, you know, doing your tie and you can be so irritated in like three minutes of just thought leads to thought leads to thought and then you're mad yeah. about something, right? Yeah. So the conscious mind doesn't do that. The conscious mind really handles what needs to be handled at the time and doesn't do that. Super mm. important to keep that from happening. Look at a situation like with drugs. So drugs really are the attempt to go into trance, the attempt okay. to zone out, the attempt to be subconscious. So mm-hmm. much so that let's take alcohol, for example. So alcohol, we all know the person that can drink and drink and drink and drink and then boom, they're out. And then the worst level of that medically, you know, induced would be then, or not necessarily induced, but a medical situation would be unconscious from drinking, right? So they're going to the unconscious state to yep. bring it through substance. And so mm. everyone is naturally seeking out this state of mind, whether they're, you know, so it's a systematic thing. We want to be in trance. And so those that can't find their way healthily will do it unhealthily. So this is interesting. Mm. Because why? Yeah. So that they can zone out. Well, you don't have to use substances zone out. Why? Because it's a natural part of us, like a screensaver. So you imagine your computer works beautifully, but it doesn't work beautifully 24-7. It goes into screensaver mode, so it can what? Screensave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so right. we have that mode, and that mode is trance. So case in point, when you stare in the refrigerator, you don't remember, you know, really what you were hungry for. Or you can't decide. And you're driving that last five miles in, in the car, and you don't yeah. Consciously staring at a fire pit, you know, on and on, watching a kitten play with a ball of yarn, watching yeah. children play in a playground, any kind of movement, any kind of mesmerization. Um, when I was living in Seattle, the you know the weather is you know it's usually misty or some kind of condensation, and so the windshield wipers are going. Well, what's this? Wop 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 wop. This is yeah. sound. 
this is metronomic so the people are driving and they're driving slower than they do in sunny California. And I noticed this when I first moved there because what's happening is literally it's, it's entrancing Mm -hmm. and this is okay provided that you, you know, are thinking healthily along that and not using substance to get there. It's meant to be, it's a hundred percent organic, hundred percent sustainable, hundred percent natural, hundred percent private. If you choose to keep it private, it's your thoughts, your mind and your desires. Got it. I love this. So you sort of uh, suggested that we crave to be in that trance state. We crave to go back to that eight year old self that we miss so badly whenever we, you know, in our day to day interactions as well. And sometimes we do it through all these substances, which is, in the long-term perspective, unhealthy, but then we crave to sort of uh, be in that state, right? So you've also alluded to us that, you know, we're constantly in this pattern, this thought pattern. A lot of times the self-defeating patterns, whether it's in the morning, or, you know, when we're shaving or getting ready for work or maybe in the evening. So talk to us about how these self-defeating thought patterns tend to take over our life. And then how does hypnosis help us sort of let go of these negative thought patterns? They take over our life for two reasons. One, because either we don't know better or two, because we know better and we just choose not to act on it. You know, free choice Mm. and free will, of course. But the thing is, is that since your body and your mind and everything about you is always seeking balance, Mm -hmm. there will become a nagging chronic problem with a nagging chronic thought. So if you allow yourself to continue things like the face and, you know, all the kind of the way that the face sets itself is that you look how you think. Mm-hmm. And we all know that, you know, we know that when we see someone cranky, walk through the door, they've been cranky for 40 years and, you know, it's, it, <laughs> it is in the face, right? You know, you know it and you can feel it. The other thing is, is leveraging situations. So one of the things that we're very well equipped with survival wise is being able to tell when we see someone energetically animal magnetism and not meaning, you know, like, like, you know, animal magnetism, but more like that feeling animal to animal, primal to primal, instinct to instinct, that, that um, intuition, all of those things and those impulses that come at us when we meet another person is mm-hmm. make a decision based on that. You are absolutely permitted to do that. You are absolutely permitted because your, your information you're getting knows more about that person, that situation and leveraging that situation or not than you could ever consciously know. Now Mm -hmm. let's just put it in practical terms. So you're meeting someone for business and you see this person, you're meeting for lunch or whatever, you see the person and you just get like this, this not warm, fuzzy feeling, but even the opposite, neutral to the opposite. So maybe you feel, you know, um, a little bristly or like, Oh, you know, take that to heart, take that mm. to mind, take that to thought, take that to trance. What is it? What is it I'm supposed to know about this person? And you can mm. talk to yourself and ask yourself, which is, you know, consulting your higher self, which is your subconscious mind. You can right. ask yourself, what is it I need to gain from this? What is it I need to know from this? And it's just with thought language. You're not, you know, saying it to the person, <laughs> but mm. you have that feeling. And if you get this negative charge from someone, then you know that maybe a handshake's not a handshake or maybe something, you know, whatever your business is that you need to conduct with this person is accordingly, right? Just like if you were handed a dossier on the person and it may say, you know, doesn't like children and small animals, (laughs) then you're not going to hire this person to be the director, creative director of your art school or or your family. (laughs) 
for lost pets. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. So I mean, it's really, that's such a simple example, but it's really, it's nuanced. And case in point, there's a fun little exercise I do where I take envelopes and I tear, uh, tear sheets out of magazines and I fold them up and I put them in the envelope and I hand them to someone and I say, just feel the envelope. I want you just to, to give it a feel. And I want you in that feeling to jot down with a pen. I want you to write down any thing you think, whatever comes to mind. It can be the word yellow. It can be, you know, a circle. It can be a star. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then when they open the envelope, they see how similar it is to that impression that they didn't have access to earlier. The reason we're able to do this is because we can feel things and sense things that we don't have access to. Mm -hmm. You don't know this person that you're meeting for lunch, but you need to know. And if you're, you know, meeting them for business or love related things or whatever, it's very important and ecological to know this person. So all the information is coming to you. It's just to learn what to do with it. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Well, that's so important. Action Tribe, I mean, it's easy to forget, but it's uh, amazing that you reminded us whenever we're meeting a stranger for a business situation or maybe in the relationship, you know, take a few seconds to check in with yourself and ask that question, right? Um, and let me just also say that yeah. this has nothing to do with convenience. When you, okay. <laughs> because it's not, it doesn't, the, the correct answer is not always the convenient answer. And I am the master at, at second guessing. So second guessing is really when the conscious comes in and says, you know, uh, wait a minute, this is not convenient for you, for this person not to show up in the way that you need them to show up, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter because let me tell you what's really inconvenient for you is yeah. locking ties, making ties, taking this further in some kind of illusion of what you think this relationship is, business or otherwise, it's a very inconvenient later for you to get that news because what you're going to say to yourself is, I knew it, I, I knew, knew it. it, I knew it, and I didn't follow that gut impulse and that primal reaction to this person. And that, I can assure you, 100% of the time will happen and will line up with what you originally thought 100% of the time. Try it and, and write me about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's never the other way. And I still, you know, there's part of me that still wants to say, oh, but this is so inconvenient. You know, I really need this person to show up and manifest in this form. And mm. that doesn't have anything to do with it. What has to do with it is what you feel. And it's either your person for this or it's not. Now, Kimberly, in your book, you've outlined a few hypnotic hacks, right, which sort of helps this person in a very natural and safe way to access the trance state. So uh, could you share one of those if possible? Sure. So trance is basically just, um, you know, for me, I like to say close your eyes and go within. Mm -hmm. But it's really that relaxation. Trance is the definition of trance is a deep state of relaxation. Now, Mm -hmm. there are deep states, there are semi deep states, and then there are very deep states. I mean, I've had clients literally snoring and drooling at the same time and no disrespect, but that's how deeply they'll go under. Um, you know, and it's, it's basically sleep pattern is what it feels like and, and reacts to. So then there's other people that, you know, in their state will not have that. Um, my husband was hypnotized not too long ago to lose weight and he lost 60 pounds. Mm. Uh, he doesn't have 
another pound to lose, like 60 is his, you know, that was the weight he wanted to lose. It's perfect. But yeah. he just, you know, he sat there with his arms up and he just like stared at one of my colleagues who <laughs> was in the room. And I thought, oh, this is as far as he's going to go. And it was fine. And it worked beautifully for him. So it's not mm-hmm. really a, a, like a contest of how deep the state is at any given time. Sure. It can yeah. contribute to that, like sugars and caffeine and, you know, whatever else might be in your system. But um, what's neat about it is it feels good. And you know, people will ask oftentimes, what's the difference between that and meditation? Meditation is more like going in and kind of controlling the thought by, by pushing thoughts away or focusing on breath or something like that. Trance is, is different in the sense that it's much freer than that. You're not thinking about your breath. You're not thinking about anything. In fact, you're inviting the thoughts just to kind of flow through and just notice them as they do. That's all there is to it. You don't even have to think that. You know, you just leave it at the fact that thoughts are just happening. The way it happens. Got it. And could you share one of those hypnotic hacks with us? Well, what do you want it to be? What do you want to? Um, for example, I really, I think, enjoyed the dear friend technique that you that you shared. Oh, shared that's uh, a in nice the... one. That's a nice one. I love that. One. That's that's always a really powerful <laughs> one. I love that one. they're my favorite it really is the best of the best of the best okay so how should i frame it um we work hard to be good people Mm -hmm. and i know all of us do and anyone watching i know you know that about yourself you know that you inside of you that you love so much that's that inner eight-year-old and the you inside of you that knows you're really trying to you know despite how it ends up and despite maybe what others think or feel about you is that, you know, your soul and you know, your, you know, higher self and your inner being, and you know how really good and pristine of heart you are. Yeah. And oftentimes uh, the world doesn't necessarily either know or hear or appreciate or get or whatever um, to each other. And oftentimes, you know, it's like in the Bible where it says the meek shall inherit the earth. Well, there's a lot of really good meek people. Um, I've changed it since to say the geek shall inherit the earth because of how important computer technology is. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that everything is run now. Could you, could you share that quote again? Sorry, your quote? What, yeah, what the geek to? shall the inherit geek, okay. the earth. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, That's it's true. my quote because, because I, I know that they made a mistake when, when they were writing the book saying the meat shall yeah. inherit the earth. It really meant the geek because you cannot do anything from daylight till dark without yeah. your without your god geek because they're so important i mean literally it's everything and so anyway but but back to this is that um there so so the exercise basically is taking pen and paper there's very few things that i have in the book about taking pen and paper because i'm not this wasn't about journaling. This wasn't about anything. I think there's one other exercise that, that I ask you just to quickly jot something down, but this is one of them. So if you grab pen and paper and you think of someone um, that comes to mind that you really, really, really admire, like the, the most admirable person to you right now, and you're not going to send this to them or anything, so you can just jot it down on ratty paper. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you write dear so-and-so and whatever their yeah. name is. It's important to write that. 
and then list five things or you can do it in a letter form like oh you are so amazing because or you can say you know one two three four five these are the things and the aspects about you that i most admire mm. you're a good person you're a good parent you you know always listen you're always there for other people whatever that is trustworthy mm. Um, devoted, loyal, anything that it is for you that that person exudes enough for you to pick them for your most admired person. Right. Let me jot that down. If you're doing it with us, you can do that now. Okay. And then at the end, you're going to sign love and then your name or respect and then your name or whatever salutation at the end you'd like in closing. Mm -hmm. And then your name. And now I want you to take the, the top of the letter where you see dear so-and-so, and I want you to X out their name, and I'd like for you to replace it with your name. Mm. And then it, did you do it? Did you actually do it? Because if so, you can read yours if you'd like to out loud. So I always uh, like for the person who's you know, doing the exercise to read this out loud so you can really hear and really reverberate because the idea of this exercise i'll tell you after did you write something down for yourself yeah i was I, i've i've part completed it but i said dear kimberly you're so confident determined articulate you know supportive helpful yeah <laughs> thank you so you cross that out now you put your name and then i'd like yeah. you to read it out loud with your name from the beginning Dear. Dear Aditya, you're so confident, you're so determined, you're so helpful, you're so supportive. Yeah, I mean, it's, okay, it's wonderful. Finish it off. Love. Love? Yeah, at the end, love, or with love, or with respect, you have to finish off the salutation and then your name again. Love, Aditya. Okay. Yeah. So the point here is, and normally it comes with tears and like a real sense of, again, approval and permission and admiration and here's why because we we don't do that for ourselves and the science behind it is that you can't recognize in someone else any qualities that you yourself don't possess it, it mm. comes back to recognition it's a sense of rec recognition like i can't recognize in you something that i don't understand or something that i don't get and so Generally, when I say the most important person to you, the most admired person to you, you pick someone that really has emotionally touched you, moved you, or somehow has, you know, you've experienced somehow. And that's the beauty of it is that you're calling on qualities of yourself to recognize any other. You know, some people will say, okay, that's mirroring or projecting. It's all, mm. it's, it's all the paradigms. You can look at all of the psychotherapy and hypnotherapy protocols and you can line it up perfectly with every single one of them. That it's you that you're really experiencing. And, and the beauty in that person was the beauty in you that reflected back. So that's mm. the point of the exercise. And it's very healing. Because when you stand up, it goes actually to the final principle, which we'll get to later, which is play big. And, mm. you know, when you stand up and you really own your good, just like, you know, everybody's always like, own it, own it, own it for the bad stuff. But when you own yeah. good and you stand up and you say, I am that, you know, I am amazing. I am remarkable. I am loyal, honest, trustworthy, all of those things. That's me. 
period. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so good to just say it because we all think yeah. it, you know, in little drips and drabs, but to right. see a letter and you wrote that letter to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. I mean, it's clear that obviously I'm going to do this exercise again once, once this, uh, you know, episode yeah, gets yeah. over, but you know what you shared is so profound and so important. Uh, Action Tribe, if you're listening to this right now, take note that you can't recognize the, the good qualities in someone else unless at a certain point or in a certain, yeah. to a certain extent, you possess them yourself. Yeah. That's like a paradigm shift. It's like an epiphany that you have within yourself just as you cross the other person's name out and put your name in, it is that you can't see the light in someone unless you have the light within. And I think that's a beautiful thought and that's energetically powerful as well. So thanks a lot for sharing that with us, Kimberly. That's really, really powerful. Now, from the lens of hypnotherapy, what have people sort of gotten wrong about goal setting or vision setting? What do you feel is a missing element or two? False, false uh, information, false beliefs about how things are supposed to go. You know, uh, one of the first things I do with clients is I sit with them and I listen to them talk mm-hmm. for about an hour. And I ask them to start from wherever and tell me your story. And okay. they start is important and what they say is important and how they say it is important. And the reason is because I'm, I'm developing and getting to hear and experience their model of the world. And Mm. so, uh, you know, someone might say, and I'm going to just joke around with some things that I've heard, like, you know, well, everybody knows, you know, that by the time you're 40, you're you're in glasses. Yeah. You know, by the time you're this and then there's an ex-husband and and stepkids and all these things. I'm like, wait a minute. None of that's (laughs) true. (laughs) Praise, praise, praise. (laughs) That's not a truth. It might be your truth, but it's certainly not a truth. And if it is your truth, it's because you thought it was a truth and therefore you Uh, stepped forward into it and created it. So there's all that. And it's really fun and fascinating because, you know, it's like the old, there's an old, I think it's a joke. I don't know. It's an old story about um, the, about the woman who is a woman or man who's teaching someone how to make like the ultimate pot roast or something. Right. And she's making the meat and cut this end off and you cut this end off and you know then you do all this stuff to it and so someone challenged her and said why are you cutting the ends off and she said because it doesn't work good and it doesn't turn out good if you don't well why is that and it turns out that because you know generations before they cut the ends off because they didn't have a pan that size you know oh, okay. no reason but nobody thought to like really ask so that's right. how false beliefs come you know is that oh well it won't work out right if you don't so then it turns into something much bigger and and can be more dangerous as it travels down through the generations now, that being said, it can also be good things. You know, you can see self-esteem threads come through families and generations like that, too. And I love it when it happens. I have to say it's, it's usually rare. But, you know, oh, my lineage. People do it with past lives a lot. You know, I do past life regressions. And so people, yeah. a lot of times, you know, what might be disappointed that, you know, they're not coming out with someone famous. <laughs> they were, <laughs> people could you then, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like people have to tell the story when they come across as more famous, you know, like, oh, Cleopatra and this one and that one, and yeah. Washington. And, but, you know, you might have been a, a you know, a, a worker person, a normal person, a blacksmith. I don't know. Yeah. But it's funny. So our tie to, to false beliefs, I would say, is our biggest limitation. 
most of the yeah. things people think about themselves is not true. You know, I see a lot, a lot, a lot of weight loss clients right now because people yep. are, I don't know if it's just that it's summer or if it's just time that we're really getting so fit because we have yep. a time of, of physical consciousness now that's raising and then also it's summer. So I'm not sure what's responsible for that. However, right. that being said, what's interesting is people will say, oh, well, you know, women after their hormones or, oh, you know, men after... 40, 50. Oh, you know, dude, I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't know any of that. Yeah. <laughs> any of it. And so that, that does catch people up a lot. False beliefs. Got it. So false beliefs is one action tribe. What is that narrative or that story or that uh, belief that you're believing right now, which not necessarily is true. Think about it and really right. introspect. So that's one. This next thing is you've written a, uh, very wonderfully that it's important to visualize and really experience the satisfaction of the accomplishment before you actually achieve the goal, right? So if a, what if a person, and I've spoken to many listeners in our community or calls, but what if a person finds it really hard to feel the emotions or to experience what it might feel like once they do achieve that goal? So what advice do you have for them? Well, first of all, anything that, that feels hard to do, and I say feels hard to do because none of this is hard. That Correct. would be false belief is hard as a false belief, feels hard could be a reality. <laughs> clarify. So you can see how tricky false beliefs can be. Okay. So if you're, I mean, okay, so here's the thing. Dreams come from the subconscious. Mm. When we're sleeping, we don't find it hard to dream. No. We just dream. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we wish we wouldn't. <laughs> Some dreams yeah. are nightmares, right? So yeah. like, if I'm running from a bear, and mm -hmm. my body starts to respond like it's real because it's real for me because of my perception of bear coming, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm running, 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 adrenaline, cortisol, blood's flowing to my heavy muscles, my big muscles so I can escape, all mm -hmm. of those things that the capillaries are tightening and everything's getting, the eyesight's getting sharp, like maybe my hands go numb a little bit. You know, that feeling when you have, when you're adrenalized, it feels like pins and needles. If you, you know, almost have a fender bender or something, everyone knows that feeling. It's because yep. those, those, the blood's not necessary there. And that surge of that adrenaline, your body goes through that while you're sleeping. So yep. while you're sleeping, you wake up in a cold sweat and puffing mm. and, you know, adrenaline and everything. So excitable because of the bear. So imagine that, that if you're asleep and your subconscious is working and she or he, your inner eight-year-old is a very busy, busy person inside, you know, running your immune system and running all of your things and also dreaming for you. I mean, it's pretty mm -hmm. remarkable. 24-7, never takes a day off, a moment off, a vacation, nothing. So yeah. your subconscious is constantly at work. You can access information through thinking mm -hmm. about it. If you can dream, you are accessing information. So, for example, all you have to do, and it's the easiest thing in the world, and it feels good, is like think of your happy place. So let's just do a little bit now. So if you close mm. your eyes and you went within, it's just me settling in, just getting comfortable for a second. And think of your ultimate place of peace. This can be a cabin in the woods. It can be the beach. It could be where you are right now. It can be flying on, with, under your own power, with your own wings. It can be laying in bed. It doesn't matter where it is. Your place of peace. And as you imagine that place of peace, I want you to imagine the things that you see around you. What's off to the right? 
what do you see in front of you? What do you see up above you? What do you see below you? What do you see to the left of you? And if you turn around, what do you see behind you? What does this area sound like? What do you hear? What does it feel like? What's the temperature? What's the condition? Now I'd like for you to amplify the sight. When you look around, sweeping left to right, up and down, further left and right and behind you, I want you to start to amplify the colors. Enrich in everything, make everything brighter, more amped up, almost like cartoon animation. Crank up the color, the volume and, and the, the heightening of that color. Technicolor. All around you, like you're living in a cartoon. And now I want you to hear the sounds louder. Whatever that was you heard, it's louder. It's turned up. Crank up the volume. And now become super sensitive to the feel. If it's cold, it's colder. If it's warm, it's warmer. And then slowly open your eyes and come back in. So that's a super quick road test of your imagination and your ability to create in the mind whatever it is you want, giving yourself full permission to do that. Because everything around you is perception. I could have had you take that same image and make it in black and white if I had wanted to. Right. So I do that for phobias. So a phobic situation, I would have you minimize, put it in black and white, grain out the image, start to distort the image so that you can't connect to it anymore. And then I'd have you run it backwards, a scenario. And then I'd have you run it again and again and again and again and again. So it uses it up. It like blows out the RAM on it. Can't even access it anymore. That's that. Thanks a lot for sharing. This was really powerful. I mean, I, uh, I'm sure our listeners who are, you know, listening right now or maybe watching right now during the replay, they're able to, I love the amplification technique and that's what I'm going to try more of. So sort of uh, if you want a particular goal, not just visualize it, but really amplify the sensations, the colors, the feelings. I love that. So thanks a lot uh, right. for sharing. So how you would do that, sorry for interrupting, but how you would do that in this application is you would take that, that mm -hmm. instead of being your place of peace, you yeah. would make it this thing that you want to accomplish. So let's just say that you want to start a new business. That seems to be a very popular one right now. So let's just yeah. say that you want to start a new business, a new industry, a new uh, sector of your business or a new whatever. And yeah. so you, you imagine yourself there doing it. You imagine yourself in that place doing it, already there, done. If it's a website you need to create, you imagine it created. So I would say close your eyes and I would say go through the thing where you're seeing your website, you're clicking through the pages, amplify, 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 animate, animate, crank up the color, crank, 
crank up the technical, you know, kind of aspect of it. Feel it, breathe it, feel it. It's, it exists already, right? The sounds, mm. the feelings, the, the smells. We didn't do smell, but that's another important one because everything smells like something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing smells like nothing. There's still something. It's a nothing. And yeah. so every single aspect of it. And then you back out of it, open your eyes, and it doesn't seem like it's such a big deal to do it because it feels like it's already done. So your perspective right. is like, oh, my gosh, I've got to go do this. This perspective is, oh, I better, like, click in because it's already going. It's already happening, and I have catching up to do. It's a different perspective, and that's where that perspective shift is yeah. like, like something good is running in front of you and you're chasing it. rather than something's running after you and you have to either run from it or there's something you have to go for now and start up this momentum. You know, nobody wants to go zero to 60. Everybody kind of wants to be ramped up and moving along pace and it's easier to reach it. Mm. So this is really, really useful. Uh, And thanks a lot for sharing. Now, when we're transforming our life, we often end up in places that are new, that are beyond our comfort zone. And you write about the phenomenon of uh, social disconnection or feeling different or feeling like you don't belong in a certain place, right? Especially if you're among a new crowd or a new social setting. So what can someone do about it? Well, the thing is, is that it can be a few things. It can be depression. It can be anxiety. It can be a lot of things that that happen. Um, I believe that the particular uh, section that you're talking about is when you, you know, you're sitting there and everybody's enjoying themselves and they're, yes. fun and they're, they're in it. There can be a few things. One, if you're in trance and you're zoned out because you're thinking of something of your own, like let's just say that, that a bunch of people are meeting and they're having wine and dinner. And, you know, you start as you're having the wine, you start thinking, oh, my gosh, there's this thing I really want to do, you know, regarding wine or food and beverage industry or something like that. And you start Mm -hmm. to zone out. That's that thought that begins to think. That's okay. That's all good because it's a seed for thought that Mm -hmm. then becomes this thing that grows, that then becomes part of your tree, part of your life tree. As Mm -hmm. far as being uh, feeling depressed and disconnected and anxiety ridden over it, which, you know, social anxiety is a very real thing. It's a very big thing. I have a lot of clients with that now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd say over the last 20 years, it's been really ramping up in that department of social anxiety. And so that's when it's time to sit back and just do a peripheral exercise, which I can go through with you real quick. Um, So basically you would stare in front of you and stare at a spot in front of you. And so as you stare at this spot, you're focusing on that spot. Then you let your eyes drift into peripheral vision so that you start to feel periphery and see periphery. And you can you know, wiggle your fingers out here so you can see that you're still seeing. And let your hands go as far out as you can see them. Like I can still see mine. I don't mm-hmm. know if you can do this for yourself at the time. But... Mm-hmm. You're staring at the spot and you're letting your eyes just diffuse out, which is using your peripheral vision. That's that's mm. technically what you're doing. Yep. So scientifically, you're using your peripheral vision. When you're in peripheral vision and if you take your tongue from letting it rest at the bottom of your palate and you lift it up to the top of your palate, this connects your lobes. So now any negative thought or any negative emotion can't exist at the same time that you're in peripheral vision. What's interesting, like technically about peripheral vision, is it literally allows more information in. That calms down the adrenaline and the upset and the, you know, anxiety feel. This is a super, super fast, you know, if someone's associating into some huge discomfort, they've been in an accident or they've gotten a bad phone call or something, you know, tragic has happened. 
immediately going into peripheral vision can put you into more of a mental access to do something positive with that information instead of just like crumbling in and collapsing. So you want to get broad. You want to see the whole picture. You want to take in more information. All of those things are happening by literally focusing on this point, letting your, your vision spread out easily. You can do this when you're sleeping. So when you've woken up in the middle of the night, this is the fastest, easiest way to get back to sleep. With your eyes closed, you can still imagine the spot in front of you and you can still use periphery. It's technically what counting sheep is, you know, when they say count the sheep. So I don't know what your sheep counting protocol is, but mine, I see the sheep, they cross over one little fence and they jump from this side to this side. So all that movement is, that back and forth movement is the eye movement that then does that you know same thing with periphery but it's just easier to not have to count <laughs> one thousand years a lot you'd be yeah. a lot of sheep so <laughs> if you just use your peripheral vision you can use it while your your eyes are closed so i'm imagining a spot with eyes closed i'm imagining opening up my vision i can see now here to here with eyes closed and then in that state tongue at the upper palate upper part of your mouth and then you just relax and you fall right back Right. <laughs> Thanks a lot for sharing. We're injured exercise. Sorry, was that you're sharing some amazing stuff today? No, which is highly were, free. no sheep were injured during this. No episode. sheep were injured. <laughs> It's animal-friendly. Animal-friendly stuff on today's episode and the importance of peripheral vision. Action Tribe, keep taking notes and make sure you test them out for yourself as well. Uh, Now, Kimberly, I mean, I want to talk about uh, wealth now because I think it's an important topic to speak about. What keeps a person away from financial abundance? And what can we do to sort of let go of what is holding us back? So money is linked to survival. So money is money. Money is the big mammoth. And the big mammoth is how we feed ourselves, how we take care of ourselves. Are we abundant? Are we not? You know, all Mm. of those things. And so there's a lot of emotion around money. It's emotion that your family taught you, you know, like, I don't know how you were raised with dollars, but my folks, the minute that I even understood what money was, is you have a bank account, you have a credit card, you have all these things that save, 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 save. Mm. And, um, you know, then what to do with the money, how do you keep the money? Do you, you know, involve yourself in charities? Yes. Do you, you know, support whatever? Yes. All of these things, um, you know, how do you split that up and share that across a lifetime? Very, very important lessons. And these are, are important lessons from family through generations because it's survival. Look at money that passes through generations. It didn't happen that way in my in my okay. But yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people I know share the same the same thing. But in right. some families, you know, money does pass through. And so it, I mean that's fascinating. There's guilt around money, there's you know, fear around money, there's all these things around money. It's almost like money is this big monster. There's even the saying that, you know, money is evil. You know, yeah. We've turned it into this thing. And I said, oh, my gosh, you know, if I if you if you crank it back a notch and you say money is energy. So with my work, I get paid. I give someone in session my energy. They Mm. give back money as energy that they earned doing something that they were good at got money so we could carry the energy with us, right? Because the energy, let's just say that this is, um, I don't have any money with me right now. <laughs> let's just say that this is money. Yeah. Okay, so 
they work hard at what they do and they get this little piece of energy seen as currency and they pass it on to me. I take this currency and I don't eat fast food, but if I did and I went into a fast food place, I would say, here is my energy in the form of currency that they can take, you know, quantify as an amount. And I'm going to give you my energy and I would like the burger, the fries and the shake or whatever. And I would be very specific placing Mm -hmm. my order. I wouldn't say, oh, I don't know, whatever. Here's my energy and you can give me back whatever. I would be very specific. I would say this thing with cheese, hold the tomatoes, this thing with that, hold the salt, this with that. Very specific. Give them my energy. They give me the food, right? Mm -hmm. Or whatever that is. So then that thing consumed makes me more of whatever I wanted that day. It gives me more energy to go and make more energy, which is this cycle. Mm-hmm. If you look at it and strip it down cleanly like that, it takes the emotion out of it. It takes mm-hmm. the who owes you what, who, who gave you what, who didn't give you what, what got stolen, what got lost, all of these things. It takes the emotion out of it if you look at energy. It also helps you figure out how you're going to invest your energy. Are you going to invest in something that's going to give energy back? Or are you going to invest in something that your subconscious and gut and instincts and every impulse in your body says, this is a losing thing, but, oh, I'm going to do it anyway. You know, it's Mm -hmm. fascinating. So money, I think, is one of the, I I actually can't think of anything that's more of a hot button for people than energetically, emotionally, uh, and societally than money. I really can't because it's linked deeply and primarily to our survival. Mm, so action drive money is energy. So be mindful oh, yeah. of that. Money is, it. money is good. Look, yep. the more that flows through you flows to you. It's just a fact. Oh, I'm going to write mm. that down. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So Kimberly, I mean, you're constantly in touch with uh, leaders and millionaires and celebrities and affluent people. So what, according to you, are some of the beliefs that millionaires have about that keep them, right? Keep them prosperous and wealthy. What, what is so what's going on in their mind? Hard working, uh, hard workers and hardworking people. Because here's the thing that I noticed, because there was a time where I didn't do this. And so there was yeah. a time when all of this was new to me. There was a time yeah. when I was learning about all of this myself. And I remember thinking at the time, wow, I sure didn't expect that amount of insecurity. I didn't expect that amount of uh, hard work. And in fact, I cozied to that and I mirrored that and I took that in as an instruction manual. Literally, let me tell you something. People go, oh my gosh, you know, you're so helpful and heal and help, you know, and all these things. No, no, no. Every client that I have has done the same back for me. Every yep. single client. And I mean, even even the ones that were difficult, even the ones that, you know, you wouldn't wish on anyone that I took, I knew in my gut I was taking for a reason. And mm. the lessons back, uh, a lot of them are laid out here, have all really, really, really aided my expectation um, in work. These people, and I'll say these people, and I'm one of them, work, work work, work, work. And they work from not the bad four-letter word work. They work from like a service part work. They can't not work. And Mm -hmm. 
I have to say that the stigma of, you know, oh, you know, don't work too hard. Don't, you know, do too much. Don't, you know, all this, turn it off. You know, a real entrepreneur cannot and Mm -hmm. actually should not because a lot of people um, create stress around the fact that they aren't doing. And sometimes, and we all just have to accept it, and I'm the first to say, and this is my torch for it, is that working is living if you're mm-hmm. working, you know, obviously in something that, that you enjoy uh, to some level. Nothing is ever enjoyable. I mean, you can get sick of ice cream, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> on the planet if you do too much of anything, even good, drinking water. It's yeah. not good for you. But the thing is, is that workers work, let them. That is their way. You know, the type A personality and all this, it doesn't mean, you know, a lot of stress is created when they, you know, maybe a spouse or a family puts the pressure on. And, and it's sad to see because they, you know, will say, gosh, you've got to like slow down. You've got to stop, you've got to stop, you've got to stop. It actually creates more anxiety when they know that there's work going on that they're not a part of. And that's not a, a habitual thing. That's actually very healthy. They're strong in their survival. They are attached to that. Well, thanks a lot for sharing. Uh, and Kimberly, based on what you've shared today, based on the stories and the insights that you've shared so far, what is that one action step that you'd like to recommend for our listeners? I would say to be very honest about what you want. Mm. Because some people, and this has come up a lot, I think is why I'm led to speak about it, is that some people have a side dream and a side thing that they really love and it's their, it's their true love and they just don't honor it, raise it, infuse it, pump life into it uh, like they could. Mm-hmm. And if this is you and if you have this, Thing that you just pine for, love, aspire to, dream of, want, go get it. Because that, that harkens back to the sixth principle, play big. And playing big means really be okay with the you inside of you. Because that little eight-year-old is, is begging and clawing for that recognition. And, you know, there will be the attorney, occasional person, or, you know, finance person that just really wants to play the guitar, mm-hmm. you know, I just yeah. really want to be on a beach with a hat and play my guitar. And so, you know, some things aren't practical to do to, you know, right. still have to go up to the mammoth, but on whatever level you can do that, do that because that feeds that eight-year-old, you know, satisfies that eight-year-old um, begging and that eight-year-old yearning. Wonderful. So Action Tribe, if you are on your iPhone, then make sure you hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss out on any new episodes that we release. Once again, hit subscribe on your iPhone. Since most problems are created by our imagination and are thus imaginary, all we need are imaginary solutions. This is an amazing quote by Richard Bandler, Action Tribe, like we're learning today. Uh, it's important to uh, you know use our imagination our imagination is more powerful than we give it credit. 
Everything that you see around you was once a figment of someone's imagination. And if all creations and all inventions came from imagination, then all the problems too stem from that very place. And from that line of thought, all the solutions, that solution that you're looking for is also deep within your imaginative mind. So hang in there, go inward and get in touch with your subconscious mind. Because like Richard Bandler said, all we need are imaginary solutions. So Kimberly, talk to us about a time when you experienced a difficult situation or uh, a massive challenge. How did you get into that situation? And then what steps do you take to come out of it? What's the date today? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, this is the thing. If you're living, you're involved in a challenge and that is the way it goes. But yeah, One of my quotes and mantras is, what if it's easy? And Mm. so I do try to, you know, I was not raised with this mindset, mind you. I was raised with no paint game. That's no glory. If it doesn't hurt, it doesn't have value and all of those other lies about value. And uh, they are lies. It's not the truth. It can become true. And Mm. it absolutely will become true if that's your thinking. And I was raised with those thoughts. And so switching that up to what if it's easy, you can see Mm. is a 180 degree departure from what was really ingrained in me um, from those people. (laughs) (laughs) Those people. um, But what I learned was that if what if it's easy mindset is in place, then it can become easy. And it does become easy. Now, easy doesn't mean that, you know, there isn't stuff and there's always right. stuff, but it's a lot easier with the mindset of the possibility instead of the mindset of the problem. Mm. And so in the, in putting your thoughts, you know, when you, um, let's say when you are pushing a grocery cart yeah. <laughs> store, and if you're looking to the right, the cart goes off to the right. If you even yeah. just side eye, your face can be forward. And if your eyes dart over here, the cart veers that way. Same thing when you drive a vehicle, same thing when you're saving bicycle, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, your, wherever your attention goes is where you start to list. And so if you're listing towards easy, easy can start to line up for you. So when I have these challenges and I mean, they do come and they come yeah. off were involved in a lot of business and they were involved in a lot of different things. And, you know, even, um, there was a, it was a funny thing. So I had a few clients recently that had set appointments and they canceled. And so mm. could look at it like, Oh shoot. I was expecting them, you know, I could yep. look at it from that perspective yep. or I could say, aha, what's in store for me? What's getting ready to happen now? Where's the surprise? Where's the magic? What's going to happen? Where's the, mm. where's the mystery? What's coming? Right. Yep. So see the difference. Oh, yep. shoot. They canceled. Dang it. Uh, you know, don't keep your appointment. Da, 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 da. All these things I could go right down in thought. And then I'm there and then it's got me or, and it happens to not be the way I feel by the way at all, but that's mm-hmm. like a natural progression of thought down yep. and over to the left. Or I could say, ding, 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 ding. Okay, fantastic. So something good's getting ready to happen. Something's, you know, this is freed up space for something else. That's the what if it's easy principle. The thoughts are easy. The solutions are easy. There's not a problem. Um, mm. Very serious things. Health issues, money issues, partner issues, child issues, anything like that that really, really, really feels bad. 
you say to yourself, how can I maximize my comfort in this situation? Got it. Now that's a ponderer. That leaves wide open space for something magic to happen. And that's what we're hearkening for. That's what we want. That eight-year-old inside is like, okay, what now? How can I maximize my comfort? How can I feel into this situation to have a better experience of what appears to be a negative situation? There's a little story real quick, and, and I wish yep. I knew where it came from, and I'm probably not going to say it perfect, but it won't matter because the gist sure. is the same. There's a, a story that I had heard, and I thought it was just so beautiful, where the, and I've been telling it a lot lately for that reason. There's a, a man, like a farmer, and he has a fence line and a neighbor. Mm-hmm. And um, he has a prize horse that had run away the day before. So the neighbor comes over across the fence. He says, oh, so sorry to hear your, your prize horse ran away. And the guy said, who can say if it's good or bad? I don't know. And then the next day, the prize horse comes back with 12 horses, like 12 more prize horses. The neighbor runs over to the fence. He says, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. You've got all these horses. And he says, who can say if it's good or bad? I don't know. So then his son is riding one of the horses, falls off and breaks his leg. Over and says, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to hear about your son. He says, Who can say if it's good or bad? I don't know. And then the a war breaks out and they come, you know, recruiting, and this mm-hmm. can't go off to war because he's broken his leg. And so the guy comes over and he says, Oh my gosh, you're so lucky, you know, your son was injured, so you're gonna know he couldn't go to war. And the guy says, Who could say if this is good or bad? So you can see that in the good times, we're so quick to label it and stamp it good. And in the bad times, we're so quick to label it and stamp it bad. But we don't know that. And so when you say, how can I maximize my comfort in this situation? You're not stamping it. You're simply allowing a space or some kind of a magical moment to come in, some kind of miraculous thing to happen, or just to feel better. I mean, just the action of feeling better is already a win in those situations. So there you go, Action Tribe. It is about moving from a sense of problem to a mindset of possibility. The question that you can ask, and I think this is sort of the hallmark of today's uh, session is ask this very empowering question. What if it is easy, no matter what challenge or difficulty or obstacle that lies in front of you? What if it's easy? What's the magic in this moment? And how can I maximize my comfort in this situation? So thanks a lot, Kimberly. Action Tribe, I hope you're really enjoying today's session. What we've discussed so far uh, that uh, is that your mind, your subconscious mind is really powerful and it has the potential to really transform your life. It's important to visualize your goals. It's important to take these small steps on a regular basis. It's important to be consistent uh, so that you can make it an empowering habit. But none of that is going to be useful if deep down you don't believe that it is possible for you because the more you doubt your path and yourself, the harder that it's going to become. Uh, In other words, be careful of the types of media ideas or transformation or information, not transformation, information that you put into your mind and you're feeding your mind. Is it negative? Something about that super quick. Uh, Do you imagine your eight-year-old, your inner eight-year-old is is next to you? That's just a physical manifestation of that little person. Is yep. next to you. You wouldn't look at half the things you look at. You wouldn't see half the no. things you, see. you wouldn't go half the places you go. You wouldn't hang out with half the people you hang out. That's yeah. who's your inner stenographer. That he, she person is listening and taking in. And, you know, like mm-hmm. dreams, so there's so much debate and scientific debate around dreams. Is it just trash in, trash out? Are we just emptying the trash at night? And it just comes in the form of these visualizations. 
But what happens is that that stuff, you know, that you're dreaming that may feel good, may not feel good in the middle of the night is, is uh, impression and things, information that came through that subconscious and now is being filtered through. So it's very, very important. And a great thing that you bring up is that you pay attention to what mm-hmm. you're paying attention to. <laughs> So I love that. Imagine that your eight-year-old is sitting right next to you and be cognizant about what uh, type of stuff you're feeding your mind. Because as Edmund Imbiaka once said, it is impossible to be consistent with your goal if your subconscious mind is constantly fed with negative perceptions of its road. So with that being said, we are ready to enter our last round for today, which is the wisdom round. Uh, four questions that require four action-packed responses so that our listeners can take note and take action. So Kimberly, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? That I've ever received? Yeah. I would say, oh gosh. It's so interesting because a person came to mind like a, a human came to mind, uh, not necessarily a thing. Let me think for a second. Uh, best piece of advice. Because the next oh, question is going to be the, about the person. So Yeah, this, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> My mother, actually, this isn't the person that came to mind. This other person has given a lot of advice with this person. So my mother had said, and this saved me a lot of time. Mm-hmm. This was a time-saving thing. And, and I always think of it, I think of it like every day, is she said, don't worry so much about like, so girls, okay, so just bear with us. So girls, you know, we like to fluff and puff and poof and all that. And, you know, there can be a lot of time spent getting ready for things. And she said to me, don't do that because it's time wasted. People don't care half as much as you care. They care like, I remember her saying it was something like if you squint, then that's how people see you. Like they see you just like vaguely, right? <laughs> like not, not to the detail. And I mean, growing up in modeling and all that stuff, you can imagine, you know, that everybody takes their looks very, very seriously. And she said, you're right. missing it. You know, so if you're, you're spending an hour on your face or whatever, you're missing an hour, you know, doing this other thing or being out there. Go, just go. Nobody cares. Basically, she's like, nobody thinks about it. Nobody cares. Nobody, nobody, nobody. And I thought, well, that's rude. You know, I remember at the time thinking, well, somebody might care, but she was mm-hmm. paid because, you know, people, oh, you look great. Come on, let's go. What mm-hmm. they care is the involvement, the human involvement of something. So not to spend a lot of excess time focusing or obsessing on, you know, not only looks, this is great for young girls, but not only looks, but, you know, kind of how it's all put together and just all this stuff, just less judging and more living. Wonderful. And if you could turn back time and spend one hour with someone who is currently dead or living, who would it be? Oh, goodness. Um, gosh, I would say my mom. Yeah, she, she transitioned probably 25 years ago. She, she passed away fairly young. But yeah, I would say her. Because I'd like to see her. It would be purely selfish, by the way, that I would be raising from the dead. <laughs> terrible. Say, <laughs> I would be really selfish because I would because I would want to see I would want to see how I feel about her as an adult. Mm-hmm. That would be what that would be my intention. So if that's not good, I would have to pick another person. It's not altruistic; it's purely selfish reasons I would choose her because I would want to see how I how I view her. What's my perspective of her? 
as a as an adult looking yeah. at her because I didn't get to do that because she was she passed away early. Thanks a lot for sharing. And what is that one thing you do in the morning or maybe in the evening before you go to sleep that has improved the quality of your life? Oh, I pray. I love to pray. I feel so good when I do it. Nothing like praying. Thanks a lot for sharing. And finally, what is that one book you'd like to recommend for our listeners uh, today? <laughs> I mean, would I would I recommend anything else? Absolutely not. I would say get it. Use your machinery. Understand who you are because it's easy reading. It's that it's it's literally like having the finest piece of machinery on, in front of you on your desk, home or office. And yep. now knowing how to use it, just plug in and get with it because it makes your life easier. Wonderful. And it was number one, a new release and number one bestseller on Amazon in its category the third day it was out. The third day. And it hit CNN's, uh, CNN's list of Amazon bestsellers. So in Things to Buy Your Son, Great Gifts for Your Son, it hit that list. Ten books every lawyer should read, it hit that list. 25 books of the books that America's leading CEOs are reading. Hit that list. It's an Oprah magazine. It's all over the place. So I grab a copy. So there you go, Action Tribe. You got to grab a copy of this amazing book, Subconscious Power. We'll have the link in the show notes as well. Um, and Kimberly, have you uh, created an audio book out of this, an audible yet? Or? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, <laughs> I did it myself. I narrated it myself. Awesome. So Action yeah, Tribe, it's Kindle, it's CDs, it's audiobook, it's hardcover, it's all of that. Yeah, Is there everywhere? Got nationwide it. retailers and also online everywhere. Yeah. So Action Tribe, if you would like a free audiobook and listen to Kimberly's voice herself on Audible, then that is possible because Audible is offering all our listeners one free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so oh, that you can great. check out their service and of course you can listen to Kimberly and learn about how you can use all these hypnotic uh, principles and hacks to transform your life in every dimension of your life to 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 uh, start downloading your book go to my seven chakras.com forward slash free book my seven chakras.com forward slash free book uh, Kimberly, thank you so much for coming on our show, talking to you to us about your story and, and sharing all these amazing insights about hypnotherapy and how we can transform our life. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're grateful for and how can we find you online? Oh, I'm grateful for you and I'm grateful for you having me. Thank you. And I really mean that from the, the bottom you. of my heart and the top of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I always remember the heart's just a pump. Mind with all that. But anyway, I appreciate you. you. And I am at um, KimberlyFriedmutter.com. And it's Friedmutter, F-R-I-E-D-M-U-T-T-E-R, Friedmutter.com. So it's KimberlyFriedmutter.com. And then Amazon has the books. All the, all the online retailers have it. And Brick and Mortar, Barnes & Noble, all that. <laughs> got it so action tribe you got to check it out and visit her website kimberlyfreedmother.com i love the animation that you have over there at the top yes. <laughs> it's really really wonderful um cool we'll have everything everything up in the links uh action tribe if you've listened so far it means that you really enjoyed today's episode if you feel different if you feel optimistic then consider supporting our podcast go to my seven chakras.com forward slash support my seven chakras.com forward slash support if you're on instagram then take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on insta so that i can share your story with our community and i'm going to post about this episode as well my handle is at my seven chakras at my seven chakras and finally if you got 
got a question, comment, observation, or something that you'd like to share, then my email is aj at my7chakras.com. aj at my7chakras.com. Kimberly, thank you so much for coming on our show, talking to us about the power of hypnotherapy for transformation and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Thank you. Thank you for listening to My 7 Chakras at My7Chakras.com. That is My S-E-V-E-N Chakras.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.